Season 3, Episode 8 of the Talking Ball Y'all Podcast. If you're looking to insure a new house, car, or motorcycle, give Advantage Insurance Company a call at 601-749-8790 or go by and see Shauna Oder or any one of her friendly agents and let them go to work for you. Advantage Insurance is located at 4201 Highway 11 North in Picayune. The days of hiding your money in a mattress or burying it in the backyard are long gone. Our friends at Bank Plus can help you save for a rainy day. Hurry in and let their friendly staff help you with all your banking needs. Stop by any of their locations today at 115 Williams Avenue and 951 Memorial Boulevard in Picayune or 105 North Main Street in Poplarville. Bank Plus is more than a name, it's a promise. Welcome to another episode of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. I'm Clay Sweet. Across from me, as always, Jeff Lassette, co-host and producer of the program. And uh, Jeff, a great time uh, to be a sports fan. We have Sweet 16 basketball uh, for the men's on Thursday night. Mississippi State women's, of course, playing Friday night in their Sweet 16 matchup. And then also opening day for Major League Baseball on Thursday. Yeah, a big day, a big time to be a sports fan, as you mentioned, coming home uh, from work, listening to ESPN Radio, all the talking heads getting ready for uh, Major League Baseball. Actually, if you go to look at it, it's made it's opening day, day two, because they had an opening game uh, in Japan with, uh, uh, you know, the Mariners, and I think it was, I can't remember the other team, but they had an opening day over there uh, to get Ichiro his last games in front of his home people before he retired. So uh, all the bells and whistles and all the hot dogs and popcorn and peanuts will be eaten and uh, participated of uh, tomorrow. Yep, and a lot of fun. And, and we'll have an interview tonight pertaining to the opening of uh, baseball's uh, opening day tomorrow. We'll have uh, Ben Ingram joining tonight's uh, podcast. He works for the Braves Radio Network. And as the listeners of this show can imagine, I'm thrilled about that. We'll talk about two of, of my favorite subjects, baseball and broadcasting. So uh, excited to get Ben on uh, later in the podcast. But as we always do, Jeff, let's look around um, our area and then expand that out into uh, the universities. But let's start on a high school level local to us here in Pearl River County. And let's start up in the north end of the county with Popperville. Popperville baseball, 14-5 and five now on the year. They're 3-2 and two in district play. They got a big win at home over Greene County uh, just last night on Tuesday night as they got a win 6-3. to three. And so Coach Slade Jones has that Hornets team really rounding out, playing some better baseball here right when you want them to be doing that yep just as the season is uh prolonging and it's it's now like right in the heart of district play uh you know to beat uh, a green county team like that like i mentioned last week and i've have said it before we've seen it from the football side green county's tough in that district and you can know that school is bringing it to the to the diamond as well uh but the 14 and 5 3 and 2 in the district starting out uh Folks in Popperville's got to be excited what's going on right there uh, at that high school. Yep, and we're certainly excited. We've got uh, something up our sleeve. We're going to cover a Popperville doubleheader here in a couple Saturdays, so that will be an exciting uh, thing for us here and then also for the Popperville Hornet uh, listeners there in Popperville. Pearl River Central, as we move uh, further south in the county, they're off to a really good start. They're 14-4 and four on the year, 4-1 and one in district play. And, Jeff, they got a big win Tuesday night. They went up to a tough place in Hattiesburg and beat a good baseball team 7 uh, to nothing. 
Uh, Austin Dean, a, a phenomenal senior pitcher uh, for them, runs his record out to four and one on the year. Dunhurst hit another bomb. Hayden in the middle of that lineup, batting at a 400 clip. He's hit eight home runs and has 29 RBIs. Uh, that Blue Devil Club under Coach Walter having a great year so far. Yep, we had Coach Walter on a couple weeks ago. I say, well, maybe three or four weeks ago talking about his ball club and the coaching staff and everything that's helped and put that ball club together. Not only to beat Hattiesburg, as you mentioned, a district rival, Hattiesburg's a powerhouse in that 5A district, but to go to their place and beat them, knowing Friday they have to come to your place and you've already got that win under your belt on the road. So that was a big win uh, for Purple Central. Yep, and they're sitting in a good spot with that 4-1 and one record. And they have a combo, and Dean and then Williams, the right. kid that we had on the show a, a few weeks ago that threw the perfect game, that one-two punch – uh, Pitching-wise with what uh, Dunhurst packs in the middle of that lineup, awfully tough uh, combination as that proves in their district record. And now we get closer to home. Picune got a nice win over North Pike here at home the other night. Luke Smith uh, threw a three-hit shutout, and that was a big win. Picune runs their record at 8-8. Eight and eight. They're 2-3 and three in district play, so really needed that win uh, over North Pike on Tuesday night and would really like the sweep on the week uh, going into that Friday action. Yep, as you mentioned, 8-8 eight and eight overall. And if you talk to Coach uh, Cody Stogner, like we've talked to him on the podcast, he knows they're uh, probably a better ball club than 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, just have, have a tough time getting the bats going at times. The pitching's there for him. Some defense is there for him. Uh, you know, and the, and the, the pitchers are throwing uh, all their, their best stuff in these district games when they play on Tuesday and Friday. Just hadn't been getting the sticks going, Clay, uh, to get enough runs across the plate. Yep, and uh, to your point there, Jeff, the team ERA for Picune with that 8-8 eight and eight record, uh, when I looked at Max Prep earlier today, a 2-12 ERA. That's a heck of a right. earn run average. Uh, that that indicates that they should be better uh, than that eight and eight record. Now let's expand. Let's get out and uh, head up to Oxford and look at what the Ole Miss Rebels have done baseball wise on the season. They're ranked twenty second by Baseball uh, America. They're eighteen and eight on the year. Had a tough weekend over in Missouri. Lost two of those three. Ball games got back on track with a win over Memphis uh, last night, but they go to an awfully tough place to play. They go to Arkansas this weekend, and that's a good Arkansas team. So this is um, kind of early in SEC play, but that will be a pivotal series against Arkansas on the road. It really will be. And, you, you know, number 22, Baseball American, you mentioned that, Ole Miss. Uh, they're no stranger to the SEC play. They've got the they've got the pitching. They've got the bats. Uh, they're scoring runs. Uh, but Arkansas, no stranger to SEC play either. They've been around in the postseason and, and kind of handled their business too. Arkansas is a very uh, very tough opponent in the Razorbacks. Yep, familiar with Arkansas, of course. That's right. who put uh, Southern Miss out uh, last year in postseason play. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> they are brutal. They are. You know what I mean? Really and good. that's a tough, tough really place to play, as we've said uh, repeatedly, the Razorbacks there at home. So see what the Rebels can do in that series. We go to Startful, Mississippi State program, uh, ranked second in the nation according to Baseball America. And you said it, 23-3 and three with a record uh, that they've played. The last two ball games, they've scored 38 runs, put up a 20 spot on Sunday, and then scored 18 uh, 
just yesterday. So this is a, a club that is eight and three, Jeff, against top twenty-five competition. Yep, and we've seen them play. You talked about Arkansas and USM last year. Well, just earlier in this year, USM and Mississippi State. USM squeaked that first one out on Friday, and then. It was lights out for Mississippi State. Not only do they have the pitching, but they also have the bats. And Mississippi State is a team that can basically – it's hard to say this in any sport, but they can score at will. If they want to put runs on the board, they will definitely put runs on the board. And all that does is take the pressure off your pitcher and just lets him breeze through a nine-inning baseball game. Yeah, and when you look, Jeff, kind of ran out of pitching on Sunday, but didn't matter. They put up 20 runs against Auburn, a good Auburn team. But you mentioned it, pitching on Friday and Saturday night. Uh, they'll throw small at you on Friday night. He's 2-0 and on the year with a less than two ERA. And then they come back with a guy that really should be in spring training somewhere again. Uh, he's 6-0 and on the year as a freshman with a 2.58 ERA. And when you look at their numbers, Jeff, they just don't walk anybody, these two guys. They have overpowering stuff. And I think when I looked at their numbers earlier today, they didn't have maybe 11 or 12 walks between the two of them with over 70 innings thrown. That is so impressive. Um, and so they're going to play LSU this weekend. LSU lost a tough one in midweek uh, last night. I believe it was McNeese that got them, shut them out. And so uh, when you're not hitting the baseball, this isn't the staff that you want to see. So we'll be um, curious to see how LSU and Mississippi State pan out over the weekend. Well, and you mentioned LSU. LSU was ranked number one, and then they went uh, across state lines and faced a Texas team who swept them in three games. And since that point, LSU has been just creeping down in the polls. But when you have a a, a guy like Small and then – you know, pitching two and zero as you mentioned, and then again started at six and zero. When you got them going Friday and Saturday, you can throw everything but the kitchen sink at them Sunday, and you're still most likely mm-hmm. going to get the sweep of the weekend. Yep, twenty three and three. They <laughs> built them, or I say built them. Have uh, that palace up right. there to play it's in, fine. and they're uh, they're certainly living up to that as the ball team and 16 and 6 Southern Miss as we move down to Hattiesburg and closer to our hearts uh, that Southern Miss club Jeff uh, on Twitter a few uh, about two weeks ago I called on on a real off 10 or 12 well uh, they've won eight in a row now they're six and zero in conference play and they have three shutouts in their last four ball games so Pitching doing what it needs to do. The bats have come around, and all that uh, equals out to that eight in a row. And uh, what a time to start playing good baseball is there now, as we mentioned, 6-0 and in conference play. Yep, and then, uh, you know, looking down here, Walker Powell, uh, pitcher, junior pitcher for uh, USM, takes the mound. I think he's 2-0 and uh, in his starts. Uh, the bats are coming alive. The pitching's there. Uh, ever since, and I go back to that state series, ever since that series, they've had a couple hiccups there in midweek, but then they have, you know, reeled off these wins and then going 6-0 and in the conference. And I think, them, you know, them 6-0s, like you mentioned, were uh, sweeps, both 3-0 and uh, 3-0 sweeps. Yep, and uh, have absolutely, they're 6-0 and there in Conference USA play, really exciting time for Southern Miss, and they need to reel off uh, some more wins and, and look to do that after 
uh, that strong pitching and hot bats, uh, Slate and then uh, Montiegro, they've really hit the ball right. well of late for Southern Miss. Uh, just to mention, the softball team won two out of three over at UTEP uh, this weekend, and they had a big performance. Tata Davis for Southern Miss uh, hit two grand slams on the series. Uh, she's been named Hitter of the Week, Conference right. Player of the Week uh, there for Southern Miss softball team. So, Let's turn our attention now, Jeff, as we do every week. We kind of give a report and an update on Pearl River Community uh, College. And Coach Avalon was nice enough to join us last week. We appreciated his time and a good visit with him. Let's start, though, with the softball side. They got a big sweep yesterday over Hines, and that runs their record of 12-10 and 10 on the year. But importantly, and we mentioned that sweep, it gets them the 2-4 and four and, and district player division play. Yep, and they, like you said, they needed the sweep uh, two and four. That's two games below 500. Of course, they want to they want to improve on that. Uh, but it's tough when it comes down to Mississippi JUCO sports. Period. Football, basketball, baseball, softball. Uh, so to get that sweep over Hines was was a big was a big series win. Absolutely. And then uh, baseball took a tough weekend. Uh, was swept. And you're just not going to say that a lot about right. uh, that team, but. Uh, Turned around yesterday and got the sweep, Jeff. That, that the two losses hurt them and rankings knocked them back to fifth in the nation. Uh, but then were able to respond and got the sweep at home yesterday. Their record now nineteen and four, and Jeff hit six home runs uh, in that doubleheader. That home run total of forty-two on the year puts them uh, ranked first as far as home runs. And, and Juco baseball, and you've got some guys, Cleveland, Donaldson, and Jordan, 7-7 seven, seven, and 6. So they're hitting the ball out of the park at a very high rate. You know, and, and, and in some polls they had Pearl River uh, Community College up number two. Some of them had three, some, you know. But after losing the weekend and only dropping the five, but then sweeping Nunez yesterday, that just – I think that kind of shows the voters – uh, the voter, or the, it shows us as broadcasters and, and sports fans that the that the voters, you know, have respect for the Wildcats. Just only you're losing them certain uh, small amount of spots. Absolutely, and uh, and for good reason. And they're going to compete. You mentioned it on the softball side, certainly in baseball. Uh, what Jones is doing, Gulf Coast, Meridian is which right. who uh, Pearl River will go to on Saturday is awfully competitive, and so. Uh, we'll continue to keep you updated on the Wildcats, both softball and baseball. We've got to mention the run that Coach Oney and his uh, club made, a historic uh, run from that basketball team. And just one more time before it gets too far away from us, just want to tip our cap uh, to that basketball program and what they were able to achieve this year. And speaking of basketball, Jeff, as we mentioned in the intro, Sweet 16 action gets underway Um Thursday night and my championship game I've got Duke and Carolina with Duke winning it all but that uh that bracket was almost busted with probably more than half of America uh as Duke was able to just barely hang on over a tough tough Central Florida team that really probably should have won that game they had a, a tip in that I'm not sure how it stayed at as Dawkins the coach and Dawkins the player his son put on a show 
against Duke, and then Zion Williams made the play that he needed to make at the end. But uh, just a great basketball game, and that's a lot of fun. I really enjoy following um, the March Madness scene. Yeah, and like you said, we get into the Sweet 16. I think the games, all the games tip off, uh, or you know, most of them tip off tomorrow at 6, 630, and then they pick up again Friday with the Sweet 16. But I've got the same championship bracket. I've got Duke and North Carolina and all ACC. But other than that, my bracket is probably pretty much busted. <laughs> I don't know if I've got some of the final four teams going. But there's some big teams. Tennessee's still in there. Uh, had a great year. Tennessee's hanging on. LSU's in there. I mentioned all the controversy going on with that program and the basketball uh, program. LSU's still there. They uh, – so Auburn's in there with the SEC. So SEC and Kentucky, so they're represented. But I've got an all-ACC uh, championship as well. And if you are a basketball fan and maybe you don't want watch college because of some of this junk that's around it, do yourself a favor and at least team tune in and watch Zion Williamson. He is an animal and just right. awfully fun to watch. He's a man amongst boys uh and he is regardless of the duke hate and all that stuff tune in to this kid he's got a smile on his face he plays it the right way and he is a handful and so that's my sweet 16 uh pitch and now speaking of pitch major league baseball opens up tomorrow i'm so excited about this you mentioned uh what they did over in japan and all that right. but tomorrow yeah, tomorrow is the, the opening that's day. The day that's the when day. that's when everybody's gonna get uh started here in America's pastime will get underway, and I'm certainly excited about it. I know that you are as well, and we're excited about having Ben Ingram on the program to kind of talk baseball and talk about his journey as a broadcaster. Making decisions on when and where to further your education is a big step in life, so let Pearl River Community College be the destination for you. Pearl River offers the first two years of any major and over 42 career and technical programs. They have three locations to better serve your educational needs. The Hancock Center at 454 Highway 90 Suite D in Waveland. The Forest County Center at 5448 Highway 49 South in Hattiesburg. And the main campus located at 101 Highway 11 North in Poplarville. Pearl River Community College. Roll, river, roll. Hey folks, if you need that special sweet treat for birthdays, anniversaries, or just because, stop by and see our friends at Katie Cake & Company. They are located at 109 West Canal Street in Picayune. Let Katie Cake & Company satisfy your sweet tooth. Shh, your scale will never have to know. Mugshots Grill & Bar is a proud sponsor of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. Mugshots is a place with great food, good drinks, a sporty atmosphere, and prices that keep the customers coming back for more. Visit one of their 17 locations throughout Mississippi, Louisiana, and Alabama. Mugshots Grill and Bar, every sports fan's destination. We're excited tonight to be joined by Ben Ingram. Ben, a member of the Atlanta Braves Radio Network. Thank you for joining the show, Ben. It is my pleasure. Good to hear from you guys, and, and happy New Year, baseball style. <laughs> Absolutely, man. We are fired up, locked and loaded, ready for tomorrow's action, and uh, ben, many of our listeners will be familiar with you and your story, but can you kind of uh, introduce yourself uh, to our listening audience as we kind of welcome you back to Mississippi tonight? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm from uh, Madison originally and went to Madison Central High School and then went to college at Mississippi College. So uh, born and raised there in Mississippi and was there until I was 30 years old, and that's when I got the call to come to Atlanta. So 
lots of friends and family back home. And, uh, of course, still make it back for holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and uh, the like. So I uh, was also with the Mississippi Braves there for, for four seasons from 07 to 11. So deep, deep roots in Mississippi, extended family, and uh, my, my family's still there. And get back as much as I can, man. That's God's country, and enjoy getting back anytime I have the opportunity to. And, Ben, your journey includes some uh, Mississippi Junior College football, which is uh, close to Jeff and I's heart uh, here. Can you just kind of um, tell the listeners how that start and, and what you did there and how your broadcasting career has just blossomed from that starting point? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, the first time I was ever on the air was in the press box at East Mississippi Junior College. Mm. And I was I just finished high school. And there was uh, a guy in my neighborhood named Lee Adams. And he did Jackson Academy uh, football and basketball and also did Heinz Community College football. And I told him my aspirations for being a broadcaster, and he wanted to help me out and, and take me in and, and be a mentor. And he was. And uh, the first time I was ever on the air was doing junior college football in the fall of 1998 with Lee doing Heinz Community College. So I did that for, for a year. And uh, that, that's the only season I did football in, in JUCO, but had a blast doing it. Lots of talented players there then and, and obviously have been since. In fact, those programs have only gotten stronger and stronger nationally over the last 25, 30 years. And it's been fun to see that, see some of those players go on to play at Division One schools and then play on Sunday when they're finished uh, with their junior college time. But that's where it started for me was, was junior college football in Mississippi and then after one year of doing that, I was doing uh, Mississippi College football, baseball, and basketball as a student there my sophomore through senior year. And uh, knew from a very, very early age that broadcasting was the route I wanted to pursue. I mean, I'm talking about eight, nine, ten years old. That's what I wanted to do. So anytime I had the opportunity to get behind a microphone, I was doing it, uh, calling multiple sports. Uh, and multiple different levels and it worked out well after uh, junior college ball i started doing uh i started doing minor league baseball and was with uh, an independent baseball team in mississippi the jackson senators for a little while for one season uh, and then i got a job in oregon uh, with the a ball team for the padres and was was all moved all the way out to oregon for a year and then at that point that's when the the opportunity came up with the mississippi braves and Came back to Mississippi, was there for four years, made some really good uh, contact here in Atlanta and was able to network really well there. And, and they had a position that opened up, and that was when I was able to come to broadcast Major League Baseball. So looking back on, on that time frame, going from my first time at a booth in, in uh, Scuba, Mississippi, all mm. the way up to the present day, it's been a, been a lot of stops along the way and got to see a lot of the country and meet a lot of great people. And uh, it, it's definitely been a, a blessing to this point in my life. Ben, when you look at that journey, any media folks or uh, professors, anybody back here in this home state of Mississippi that stand out uh, to you that have kind of helped you along the way or influenced your work? Lots of names. And I would start with, with a name that I just mentioned a little while ago, Lee Adams, and he helped me tremendously when I was just getting – uh, getting started in broadcasting. I'd also throw in Billy Lytle, who was uh, – he's passed away now, and uh, but he was the director of communications at Mississippi College when I was there. He was the one who gave me the opportunity to call football, baseball, and basketball games. Uh, he was really – he was there when you needed him to be there, but for the most part was hands-off and let mm -hmm. the students run the radio station there that was on campus at the time. 
and let us do our thing and, and grow and learn and, and experiment with new sounds and, and what we liked. And I thought he was very, very encouraging. Uh, another guy I'd throw in there is Brian Eubank. Brian Eubank, for the longest time, has been the voice of Jackson Academy football, baseball, and basketball, and also for a long time ran a uh, sports talk station in Jackson, Mississippi, 9.30 a.m. I had a, a sports talk show uh, on his station for a number of years while I was calling uh, Mississippi Braves games, and it was his introduction uh, that allowed me to get into the Braves organization. It was his idea to bring me into the fold to broadcast AA baseball in the first place, and I, and I owe him a large amount of gratitude for his uh, seeing my potential and, and wanting me to be a part of what they were doing there at Pearl at the time. Uh, those are three really, really big names that helped me out along the way. Uh, also, Phil Harrison, who gave me my very first job out of out of uh, uh, out of college. I was uh, for a little while, for about three or four months before I started minor league baseball. I was working at uh, a radio station in uh, right outside Starkville, Mississippi, a Starkville Maven area, and we were doing all sorts of things. From I mean, I did everything from sales to production to play-by-play to on-air to hosting. And it was his radio station, and he allowed me to uh, come right out of college, and, and he employed me uh, and as I was 23 years old and was right out of school. So those guys were very, very instrumental to me. Uh, Russ Robinson had a lot to do with my career as well. I was able to send a lot of audio to him, and, and he had plenty of experience calling uh, the, the football, baseball, basketball at multiple levels and was always good to give me a good critique and help me in how I could get better. So. Those are some of the names that, that come to mind, and uh, there's no doubt about it. Those guys help shape uh, who I am today, not just as a, uh, as a broadcaster, but who I am as a, a person as well. And I think that's even more important. Uh, it's one thing to learn how to do this, but it's another thing to learn how to act while you do this and, and how you're supposed to be a professional and, and things like that. So they helped me in a tremendous way, and I couldn't have done it without any of those guys. Neat stuff there, Ben. And, Ben, when you look at uh, making it – to the big league, so to speak, and you've you've done that, and you pre-game, post-game uh, host there with the Braves Radio Network, and then also, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but your load is uh, going to increase some as you're going to get a chance to do more play-by-play on the radio this year as well? Right, that's correct. And so when you look at this, what, what I would call uh, Braves country and the radio affiliates, uh, ben, the most affiliates as any major league baseball team uh, across the land, is that right? Yeah, and uh, we actually gained, uh, I, I want to say, about 16 stations between last year and this year. We have more affiliates than any team in major league baseball. We're just south of 150, so that's definitely a point of pride. And so how cool is that, Ben? Do you kind of pinch yourself when you're in some of these uh, situations or as these opportunities uh, to continue to present themselves? Yeah, you definitely do, and it's interesting because when I started out broadcasting, and even before then, when I knew I wanted to be in broadcasting, I didn't care where I was. I'd have gone to Seattle, Toronto, San Diego, didn't matter. I just knew I wanted to call Major League Baseball games. I had never really given it much thought of being closer to home. It really wasn't something that I thought about, but what had happened with the Braves and uh, the way that I was able to come into their organization and climb through the ranks of the Braves organization and get to the big leagues, it meant a lot. It meant a lot more to me getting here because there's no team in America that covers as, as big of a portion of the country as the Braves do. Uh, we're, we're very much a regional team. And while there are other teams that 
maybe you have uh, bigger cities like New York, L.A., and Chicago, those teams don't cover as large a region as we do in the Southeast. And, and I'm definitely a, a product of the Southeast, and, and I've always been, I've always uh, enjoyed and, and taken pride in the fact that I do sound Southern, and I think people can listen to uh, my voice and, and know the, around where I am, at least what region of the country I'm from. And I've always taken a lot of pride in that because there's so many broadcasters in, in this uh, in Major League Baseball and in, and in sports altogether that I feel sound very similar. They're all from a, a, really the same area. And, and I think it's a breath of fresh air when you have something something uh, slightly different. And I feel like that's a strength for me. So being in Atlanta and being around people who are similar to me and people who know uh, where I'm from and I know where they're from and we know the region pretty well, I've always been very excited about that. Now, it's always been a point of pride for me. Uh, and then you throw into the fact that we're on the largest radio network in Major League Baseball. I mean, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Man, we're on 146 stations that covered nine states. Uh, and, and that's incredible to think about being on the air every single night to talk about baseball and, and being in that many people's ears. Uh, so it, that's uh, something that I never could have imagined taking place. Uh, I just love the way that it's all come together to where I'm close enough to home where family and friends can, can come by and uh, stay a weekend watching baseball games and say hello. And uh, if I need to get home, I can. It's only six hours away. So uh, I, I couldn't have picked a better place. I think it's a really good fit. And as the years go on, it just gets better and better. Yeah, and you talk about getting better and better, Ben. That leads me right into some baseball talk now. The Braves uh, maybe a year, maybe two years ahead of schedule uh, when – their division last year, Acuna and those guys just really showed up on the scene. Talk about the expectations in a tough East with what's been added in that division. What do you expect out of the Braves this season? Well, the expectation now they they do understand that the division is significantly more challenging this year, and that's going to be the tough part. They could be a better team this year, but everybody's really realistic. And we know that the Mets, Phillies, Nationals are all a lot better, and we feel like the Braves are better as well. But it might not be uh, like it was last year, where you win 90 games and you win the division. You could win the this, this division may be so tough, and it may be so evenly paired, that, and these teams just beat up on each other all summer long, that maybe fewer wins would win the division. I don't know. I just know it's going to be a lot more challenging. Uh, I feel like the Braves lineup is a lot stronger than it was last year. I also feel like their pitching isn't quite as strong. Uh, they're going to be relying on three rookies mm-hmm. in, in their rotation to start the season. Appearances in the big leagues between Freed, Whistler, and, and Wright. So those guys are going to have to grow up really, really fast, and that's really hard to do in the big leagues. Uh, they've got time to do it. Uh, it's not just those five guys that have to get it done. There's plenty of other guys that they'll be using guys that are starting the season either AAA or on the injured list, that they'll have to count on this season. Mike Bolton, A.J. Mentor, and others. Those are guys that won't be and they're going to need them uh, over the course of six months. So that's the big challenge. And I feel like if this team can pitch, uh, and they can hang in there with just about anybody, I went back into the postseason. Ben, when you look at uh, – I know you've spent some time there in spring training because I heard you call uh, at least one of their games there. Donaldson and the way that he's looked at the tail end of spring. I, I like the way that they ramped him up towards the end. Uh, he wasn't someone that was ready to dive right into the start of spring camp. And as uh, soon as he started to get his legs underneath, and that's when they slowly started to ramp him up. I like his swing a lot. 
and I like what he brings to the lineup because you put his bat in the two-hole right in front of Freddie Freeman. Freeman's going to protect him. Acuna's going to protect Freddie. One through four, they have lots of havoc. Uh, and, and I think that was a problem last year. I think the break, But another point of strength for this team is uh, you're going to see a, a better Dansby Swanson this year. His wrist is healthy. He's going the opposite way. He's going the opposite way with power, which is good. Uh, Ozzie Albies is uh, as electric of a player as there is. So you're talking about a couple of very electric bats towards the bottom of the order. So I think this, I think adding Donaldson gives this lineup a lot of depth. I think it lengthens it out a little bit and adds more power. That's going to be tough on opposing pitchers. Ben, man, we certainly appreciate your time. We know it's the night before opening day, so uh, this is valuable, precious time to you, and we especially appreciate you joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a big fan of what you guys do and love hearing stories of guys back home going into broadcasting, pursuing broadcasting, so I'm pulling hard for you guys and your show. And uh, having you on any time, it be my pleasure. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Stay tuned for more episodes in the weeks to come.